Welcome, Matt Leva. I'm excited, Matt, to talk with you today on the Be The Solution podcast. So I want to dive right in so we can all get some really good value out of our conversation today. Okay. I know you've been in the industry for a while. You're a strong listing broker. And we just talked a little bit behind the scenes about why you love being on the listing side and what makes you excited to get up every day? Yeah, thank you for having me on. Um, I just love hustling. I'm a former athlete. I coached high school soccer for a long time. And I just think energy and drive is 90% of what we need to, to be successful. I'm a big believer in that 80-20 rule of, you know, 20% of, of what you do as a real estate agent every day is what makes you money and makes you makes you successful. So I really, I've always enjoyed listing houses. I hate to say they're like little trophies for me, but they are in a way like it's, it's you know, being the person that sellers hire is a big deal. It's where I get a lot of my energy from and, uh, you know, so per perfect world. I'd be doing a listing appointment every day. So let's pause there for a second. I want to go back so that listeners understand what you said. So 80, 20, 20% 20 of what we do makes us most of our money. So right. let's talk about that. What is it that you do? How do you structure your day? So a real estate agent's job is there's a million things that we do, right? For, for clients to get transactions done, we know that. The real estate agent to stay successful and stay earning an income needs to lead generate, follow up and negotiate contracts. That's what you should be doing. Those are the things that make you money. Everything else, ordering signposts, photos, being at photo shoots, staging, none of that stuff makes you money. All of that can be hired out or leveraged to where your 30, 40 hours a week, whatever they are, are focused on things that are, are dollar productive. Uh, and continuing to drive the business forward. And, and this is any business. This is not just real estate agents. Any business with leads will be successful. Without leads, will not, right? If you sell hot dogs, you need to have people to sell hot dogs to. And if you don't have people buying hot dogs, you better spend your time trying to find people to buy hot dogs from you. And so that's, I've kind of lived with that since since I started in this business. And we're how many years in? I started at the end of 2017, beginning of 18. So you're not, not, not that, that long. long. Feels like not a lot. that long. How did you get into it? Like a lot of agents, part time. Hey, maybe I'll do a deal or two, a little bit extra money for family. Maybe I can get a commission here or there. And after the first couple houses, I've never done drugs, but it could have been a drug. That's kind of how it felt. Like, oh, I can do this a lot. And I still remember, like the. I think it was the second check I got. It was still checks. They were still doing paper checks. I wasn't on auto deposit. And I think the year before I had made about $60,000 gross as a family. That's what we made as a family. And I got a check for $22,000 off of one property. And the check was shaking in my hand. And it was a moment where, again, it wasn't necessarily the number. It was this realization of, if I just do more of this, this is what I can do. This can be my daily thing. This can be my job. Now it's become, it's a lifestyle and it's a big business that I'm building. It's, it's not just a job anymore. So uh, that's kind of how I started. So, okay, let's, let's, you started in eight, 17, 18. So we're in. First house I sold was like December of 2018 or 17. So we're six years in and 
you started off in your working as an independent agent on your own. Yep. What made you begin to start a team? And how'd you decide to do that? And what does it look like today? So, you know, my first year, I think I sold 11 homes. Two of those were mine. I was able to to help my, my wife and family and I move into a, a neighborhood that we wanted to be in. 2019 became more of, I think I'd sold about 30 homes that year and I was individual agent. I had an assistant and I kind of, I made the right move in the beginning and that I hired an assistant to kind of be my everything, do everything. Well, again, all the stuff I shouldn't be doing, I wasn't doing it. I was paying her a salary and that was good. And then it was probably a little bit later in that year when I had, I was probably in that 20 to 30 range where I started thinking, well, I should add agents. And when you look at like the plan of building a team, it's not actually adding agents that early. It's adding more support staff to continue to leverage your own time out. But in my head, I think there was always a part of me that thought that any homes I sold were just pure luck. And at some point the luck was going to run out. And so a good so way- the imposter syndrome? Yeah, probably. I mean, you know, again, for my entire career, I don't think I had ever made more than $60,000 in a year. So there was a reason for me to believe that whatever I was doing was just simply luck anyway, right? And it wasn't going to last. And I got into, through my company, through Keller Williams, they run this class called Bold. And I call it like boot camp for real estate agents. That's, that's what I call it. And it's just a lot about mindset. And um, it's eight weeks or seven weeks. And it's really intense. And I was sitting in Bold and, and I was, I was, uh, I got asked a question or they asked the whole group, like something about finances. And I remember sitting, it was like the beginning of February. I think there had been about eight weeks during the year. And I started counting up. This was probably in 2019. I started counting the the deals I had under contract, the listings I had signed already, and then the people that I was talking to that were going to do something. And I came up with what I already had done produced that year. In like again, in those eight weeks, with the people that the properties were under contract, the ones that were going to buy, it was eighty thousand dollars of, of of gross income. And that was the eighth week of the year. And I had this moment where I went eight weeks, $80,000, that's $10,000 a week. There's 52 weeks a year. That means that if I keep going, I'm going to make over half a million dollars in a year. For somebody that's never made over 60, it was an emotional moment for me just to sit and go, what? It was totally unfathomable. And it put me on this track of going, oh no, it's possible. I still don't really believe it's going to happen, but it's actually possible. And I've seen the math work. And so that is kind of how that, that started for me. So it was like more deals, more people, let's keep going. And so, you know, I added some agents that were great additions at the time. Uh, they're not with me now. Nobody that started with me is still with me, but now we've got a really good group, got 11 agents total on our team. And we've got about six admin, a couple virtual, and then everybody else in house. And we've just got some, some really good people. And I'm, I really, I love I love coming into our company every day because it's just a group of people that I really enjoy spending time with. We could probably be more productive at times, but really have, we enjoy each other. And that's a lot of fun. So you're, so you're having fun and working for the most part, not always, but for the most part. <laughs> so tell me how, where do you get your listings? Where do they come from? What are your We're, source of business? We don't pay anybody for leads. We, you know, I, I tried realtor.com or tried a couple of these sites and, and I just found that it was just chasing my own tail. It was a type of lead gen I despised. 
if you don't want to talk to me, I don't want to talk to you either. That's totally fine. We're okay not wanting to talk to each other. And but I don't want to chase you. I don't like calling cold leads. I don't. So we. What I know about myself is I'm good in community. I'm really good with people that know me. Uh, my database knows that I'm very good at this and I'm a successful agent and that if they need help, they come to me and they want to work with me because I'm successful, right? Most people want to work with somebody else, especially in this type of line where we're handling this massive transaction for them. They want to make sure that you're good at what you do. So most of our business is open houses and community SLI, most of it. I think when you look at our numbers, we're, we're pretty much 100 to 120 units a year. 85% is open houses, uh, sphere of influence, and SOI referrals. That's it. And so when you're doing that, you're basically, everything is around like the community. Mm -hmm. Farming. You're farming. You're servicing what areas? Mainly Northern Virginia, Fairfax County, Loudoun County, Arlington, Alexandria. So right outside of DC, um, we service Maryland, we service DC and we service some of West Virginia, but the bulk of our business is Northern Virginia and, and really Fairfax and Loudoun counties. And, and Fairfax and Loudoun are two out of the four wealthiest counties in the country. Really? Mm -hmm. yeah, we, actually have, we have five out of the top 10 wealthiest counties in the country are in Northern Virginia, like per capita. Over California? Yeah. Five out of the top. And like Westchester, New York is one of them, right? And then you've got, I think, two or three in California. But it, there's a concentration here, a really, really big. You, you have the federal government. Any company that has any sort of footprint at all has to have some level of a headquarters or at least a, a, a year. Anybody that deals with the federal government has to. You know, the major government contractors, they're all here. So and you have a, you know, the government, which moves people in and out every year. A lot of relocation ton of relocation, secret service. Every three years they move. Every three, State Department, yes. every three years they move. And they all have to come in and out of DC. So whereas like State Department, you can be in every city, but DC has to be one of your stops. So it's inevitable that all of those thousands of people will be here at some point. And, and vast majority live on the Virginia side, not the Maryland side. So we just see like we have pockets that you can almost guarantee it's going to be military or government that buys there because of commuting routes, because of public transportation. You could just almost guarantee. Fascinating. That's good. It means you have a high turnover. Of It, uh, it is, but controlled turnover, right? It's not a turnover of, oh, no, we don't want to live here. It's not that. It's we have to live here. And so. Right. Which means motivated seller. Right. It, it's and, and a lot of half the time they're they're relocation sales that the companies have guaranteed the sale of their home. They're moving. So it, it, there's a lot of that. And that's that's why DC, even back in 2008, when the market, the, 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 the financial crisis, Northern Virginia was 20 percent ahead of the rest of the country in home sales. Just you know, the value the relocation of job. One of the top three reasons why people move. Yeah. And here it's almost a guarantee for a big chunk of people. Absolutely. So that's how we met. We mm -hmm. met because your client was selling yep. his house yep. and he was moving to right here, Brilliant. working he in downtown Philadelphia. And he was three years. And he was three years and he'll probably mm -hmm. be here three years. Probably be there three years as well. So yeah, good stuff. Yeah. And we were introduced by a mutual friend, Jeff Quinn, mm -hmm. who's he's been on the podcast as well. Yeah. Great guy, known him for almost two decades. Uh, still, still, still uh, race dirt bikes. Shalom. Yeah, race dirt bikes. <laughs> high energy, cause mm -hmm. expires. 
oh, locks yeah. himself in the room. He's got an interesting. He's got an interesting market because he's very. Uh, it's very small town. It's very second home. And uh, you know what's interesting, Matt? A lot of people have made Ocean City their full-time residence since pandemic. Our mm-hmm. shore house is just over the bridge next to Ocean City. Um, it's a lovely place. I don't know if you've ever been there. I've not. And before pandemic, people mm-hmm. did not. There wasn't a lot of full-time people there. Right. But a lot of people from. Philadelphia area moved to the Jersey Shore, South Jersey Shore, because they were sick of where whatever wherever they were. So a lot of the shore towns now become a little bit more year round. It's very yeah. it's very intriguing. Yeah, it's good good for a guy like Jeff too, because he's been there forever. Thirty years. Yep. Selling yep. real estate. Yeah. I think it's thirty, maybe more than thirty, but it's definitely thirty. Yeah, I was texting him last. He and I were texting last night a little bit. So. Yeah. Fantastic. So you're, you really um, have a very concentrated market in regards to what you do and you're mainly uh, focusing on the listing side and luxury. Yeah. Yeah. I do a lot of luxury. Yeah. And what do you, what makes that luxury market different? You know, it's, it's interesting because luxury, depending on where you are is, is a whole different ballgame and it's not really a price point. I always, I, I talk a lot about, luxury is an experience more than anything and everybody kind of has a different thought about what luxury actually means to them but yeah so i'm curious what it means to you because people have you're right all different thoughts on it and i would like to hear what yours are i i think it's an experience i think it and i'm not saying that the non-luxury seller or buyer doesn't deserve the same experience but good luxury agents one of the things i found across the board is their main focus is the experience that their clients have from start to finish. So I think this is a good way to look at it. So a study was done on on sales and service people, and I can't remember who the study was, but I, I, I heard the stat, that in any scenario of a service-based business, if a mistake is made by the service company and it is not acknowledged and not dealt with, customer retention drops. If a transaction is smooth, no hiccups, no issues, goes great, everybody's happy at the end, customer retention actually stays flat. But if a mistake is made, the issue is acknowledged and fixed quickly, customer retention skyrockets. That's impressive to me, that your customer retention will actually go up if mistakes are made if they're handled correctly. It's like this extra opportunity to improve the experience for the client. And so you don't necessarily need to have mistakes, but if you can along the way add in pieces that excite the client and surprise the client. One of my favorite people in our company um, that runs our luxury division, he has a surprise and delight program. And it's everything about their process the, the selling of the home part is actually the least of it. The majority is what is the client experiencing from the minute they start with us to the minute they're done. And then, of course, afterwards. And what I think that, that makes a big difference. Surprise and delight. Surprise and delight. What's the surprise? <laughs> There's steps along the way. There's There are monumental moments in every transaction. And, and you and I do this a lot. So we I think we go over what those moments are. But little things like, uh, our team does it, the day before photos, 
we have a client care representative and she will contact the seller and stop by and she'll do a walkthrough in the eyes of the buyer. She'll drop off flowers as well for photos, but it's kind of one last touch that right before photos, when sellers, if you think about it, they're probably nervous about how their home looks. If they're at all meticulous, they're going to be worrying about everything they know about the home that they don't want people to see, or they don't want people to be obvious in photos, right? Every speck of molding that isn't perfect, they see it and they know about it. And so we put the effort into having somebody go and just do a walkthrough. And, you know, every once in a while, they'll say, hey, why don't we move this? Why don't we fix that? But for the most part, it's really just meant to have the seller feel good by the time we're done. And they get some beautiful flowers on their counter for photos the day before. When a buyer goes under contract, we'll send them cookies the next day. Just some things along the way that there's a big monumental step in the transaction and we wanna make sure we're acknowledging and celebrating with them. And it, it we find it, it helps people have just a really good experience through the process. Because this is a stressful thing, it just is. And it's not going to go perfect every time. It's not. There's going to be annoyances. There's going to be headaches. But the more we can make it really clear that, hey, it's not the headache isn't because of us. We're doing everything we can to minimize the headache. And we want to make it a good experience for you. It can really help in that in that the customer or the client remembers the entire experience. Yeah, I think it's important to future pace. So, Matt, you know, real estate, sometimes there's hiccups that happen along the way third parties that we have no control over. But I want you to know that we have your back and we've done this 3,500 times and we know exactly what to do to get to the finish line. So when something does go sideways, you remember that I said that, you'll remember when that happens, what I said, and that we got it. Right, exactly. I think that's, I think is, is critical mm -hmm. because these people, don't do this that much. <laughs> no, they don't do it ever. They might do it once or twice in their entire lifetime. Yes. And so explaining, it's almost like you're not even selling. You're more of, here's what we're going to do. Here's the process. Here's the strategy I specifically created for you and your family based on the conversation that we had a week ago on the phone. Right. And then getting them to sign off on the strategy as opposed to why use me. I go into the situation as though, and as it, so I think that's a, also a, like a strong broker characteristic, the assumption. Like, why would you go anywhere else? Right. Walk in like you own the place. Exactly, exactly. So your favorite part, you told me, of the process is signing up a new client. And... It's the, do you mean the, the hunt of it? Just the excitement. That's where the, you know, that's yeah, where the excitement lies for you. Yeah, it is. It's the chase. I enjoy the chase. I enjoy the win. It also is a reflection of your image and your reputation. Because at the end of the day, there's people picking up the phone, calling you saying, Hey, we want to talk to you about our house. And we know that there's a billion options for real estate agents, right? They're everywhere. So to have that on a consistent basis, especially in a farming situation, I find as, as an agent that does like, you know, we do focus on a few kind of areas, those phone calls signify a win in the marketing because marketing and branding is tough. 
you don't always see the result of what you're doing. And in this business, it's hard to. You, agents will do mailers for six months and not see anything, and they stop doing mailers. And that first phone call off your first for, off your is a big deal. But I think that's why I enjoy it because I think that there's a when that in or we sign that listing. There's to me there's a recognition of the brand that we've put out and that we've cultivated and continued to to develop that clearly the messaging is working at some level. It might not be working at the level we want, but if you're like me, it's never good enough. And, you know, why aren't we listing literally every home in the zip code, right? Why would anybody call anybody else besides us? But knowing that when, you know, like we looked, I looked at like our sales in a certain town where we focus on, we compete against multiple agents that have been in the business for 30 plus years in that one area we were number two in market share. Like there's only one that's ahead of us and we're, we're, we're coming for them. So to see that to me means that our marketing has, has worked or at least it's the snowball has started. And that's from your farming, sending postcards, mailers, things like that. Farming community involvement, right? I mean, all the P it's not one thing. There is no one thing that's working. It's mm -hmm. the combination. And I mean, I, I've said this before. Why, why do you see Coca-Cola 27 times a day? You see it because they know that statistically you need to see 15, 20, 25 impressions of their logo before you make a buying decision. So Coca-Cola wants to make sure that you see their logo enough. So you go to 7-Eleven and you buy a Coke instead of a Pepsi, right? As agents, we don't seem to understand marketing, but it's the same concept. We want to make sure that if you live in the zip code, we service a lot. You see us as regularly as you need to for when the deci decision comes, who do I call? We know that some people just have an agent they're going to use no matter what, doesn't matter where they've sold or what they sell. But we want to get all the people that go, well, we don't really have somebody we would call. We got to call that guy because we see that logo all the time in our area. That's a brand. Yes, it certainly is. I was in marketing for 11 years, advertising sales prior to this, so... Marketing is critical. You you mentioned recruiting. And it's interesting because being a team now, you know, our brand is, you know, our group is the A group. Clearly, those are my initials, but it's not the Matt Labor Real Estate Group. It never has been. And the reason I did that specifically was so agents could live under the logo and not feel like they were promoting somebody else's name. But when I talk to a lot of agents around the country, they they talk about their brand. And I go, do you really have a brand or is it your name that people kind of know your name or some people know your name? If you have a brand, it's that a larger part of the population recognizes what you do and they understand what you're about. And there's an image that goes along with your brand. Having your logo of Joe Smith Real, Real Estate that 10 people a year use, that's not a brand. That's a logo. And there's logos everywhere, right? Coca-Cola is a brand. There's a lifestyle associated with it, all of that. I was, I thought this was interesting. I was reading something the other day about, it was like emotion marketing and how for the most part, Coca-Cola, Red Bull, all these drinks, you never see a can of their drink. Their marketing is an experience. Every single thing, Red Bull. If you look at every Red Bull commercial, have you ever seen a can of Red Bull on any of them? No, you see people jumping out of planes, right? So their 
their image and their brand is high flying daredevil. Oh, and by the way, we're a drink that you're going to drink it when you're jumping out of a plane. Of course you are, because you're going to need seven of them to jump out of the plane. That's my tangent for the day. Are you jumping out of a plane? No, never. And I also don't drink Red Bull. <laughs> Sorry. No, I don't drink Red Bull either. But it's a good analogy. I think it, it, our, it, yeah. Yeah, it's a good it, analogy. It's the idea of, of, again, it goes back to, you know, so our marketing is always, we're the new game in town. We push prices as high as possible for our sellers. We're super active in the community. We are the new cool brand. That's what we want to be. And we get the calls of the people that are sick of the old and tired. Well, there's that. And that happens, you know, pretty much everywhere, right? Yeah. There's the old guard and then the newer guard or the middle guard as people exit out of the industry as well, mm -hmm. whether you're just tired of it or mm -hmm. they're exiting out due to, you know, retirement. Sure. Not everybody wants to work till they're 90. Right. I was I'm sure you have a lot of agents in your market that have been in the business a long time. And a lot, you know, this is the time when a lot of people over the next, I'd say, five years-ish, seven years, will be exiting out. Yeah, it's, 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 there's definitely some of that. We have a few agents that are exiting and we're helping them with a, with an exit plan. I'm actually going to be at a family reunion in Vegas in two, in next week. And then I'm going to be talking about that on a panel. Let me say this, that longevity and length of time in the time in the business doesn't mean old and tired. What there's an image that goes along with a brand and the best brands that we know nationwide or worldwide have been around forever, but they just keep refreshing their image to stay current, you know? And I just think as real estate agents, we lose a lot of that. We, we, we're so like the person as the realtor, you're the brand. But if you want to build a bigger business, it almost has to not be you anymore as a person. It has to be your company as a brand. And our our goal is to do that as a sphere-based business so that it's a part of our organization takes on that same type of mentality. Awesome. Very good. So I have a couple like uh, questions for you. Favorite you're reading right now or that read that it, or that you have read that really inspired you atomic habits atomic habits yes it's a good book That's and i'm not a reader I was more of a reader but i'm not a reader any podcasts i really like the millionaire real estate agent podcast it is keller williams based uh but i think jason uh jason just does an amazing job with it and there's some really good stories on there and so that's what i'm listening to now awesome Matt, it was so great talking with you today. You Fun you times. Too. Absolutely. Thank you for being the solution. And I'm sure you are bringing a lot of solutions uh, to your organization, ML Real Estate Group, as well as your clients uh, in the Northern Virginia marketplace. So everybody can get in touch with you. How do they find you to uh, refer you some business down there? So mlrehomes.com is our website. And we're on, I'm on Instagram at agent Matt KW 81. <laughs> That's my handle. That would work. Awesome. Thank you, Matt. It was great speaking with you. Absolutely. You as well. Yeah. Have a great one. All right. You too.